0: Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today's episode 336. It's titled "Own What Is Real." Almost 15 years ago, I bought a Panerai mechanical watch, which I wear every day. I bought it so I could keep it the rest of my life. There's no battery to change. And every five to eight years, I send it in to be cleaned and serviced. The watch is real. It's physical. It's beautifully made. It has scratches, nicks, patina. It had been eight years since I had it serviced. It was still working fine, but I decided to send it in to Panerai to service the movement, the gears that make the watch work. I took it to UPS. I insured the package. I sent it today. That was last Thursday. It was supposed to arrive on Saturday. Then they said it was supposed to arrive on Monday, yesterday. Today, it's Tuesday. The package has been in Goodyear, Arizona the entire time. I don't know if the watch has been lost, stolen. I went on the website. It now says it will arrive on Wednesday. I'm a little concerned. I like my watch. I tried calling UPS. For 10 minutes, I went back and forth through different automated voice assistants. No one would ever pick up the phone. All I wanted was to talk to a real person, somebody that would have a sense of empathy regarding my situation. Not that they would be able to solve it, but just to listen. Last Saturday, I decided that I wanted to get a second watch so that I could have a watch to wear when my other one is being serviced. I went to Oliver Smith Jeweler in Phoenix. I bought a second Panerai, a different model. And this is where it gets interesting. I paid with Bitcoin. Not in the sense I did early this year when I sold Bitcoin, converted it to dollars, and then used it to purchase some replacement windows for our house here in Tucson. No, in this case, I actually paid with Bitcoin. The jeweler emailed me an invoice via Coinbase, which had the Bitcoin address where I needed to send the Bitcoin. I I copied and pasted the address on my Jack's Liberty app where I have some Bitcoin stored, and I sent it. About 15 minutes later, the transaction was verified. And I walked out with a brand new watch that I paid for with digital currency that has no intrinsic value. Useless digits. Peter L. Bernstein, in his book, The Power of Gold, mentioned that the best forms of money are rare, useless things that are easily divisible. They're fungible. He wrote, Seen from the perspective of uselessness, the electronic blips on computer screens that comprise most of the money in the modern world are the best form of money. We have no other use for them. They are readily recognizable as money. They weigh a lot less than gold or even paper. They're easily transferable. They can be broken down into any amount we choose, from a penny to trillions of dollars and even beyond. They are as durable as we wish them to be, and they have a kind of magic that commands our respect. It felt kind of magical to pay for a watch with Bitcoin. Didn't even seem real. Dollars and cryptocurrencies have some similarities. The Internal Revenue Service writes that virtual currency, cryptocurrencies, is a digital representation of value that functions as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, and or a store of value. That's the definition of money. A medium of exchange, a unit of account, a store of value. The IRS is saying virtual currency is a form of money. But they go on. In some environments, it operates like, quote, real currency. What is it that they define as real? In this case, real currency for them is currency that is legal tender. The Coinage Act of 1965 in the U.S. states that legal tender is United States coins and currency, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of Federal Reserve banks and national banks, are legal tender for all debts, public charges, taxes, and dues. The jeweler accepted my Bitcoin. I used it as a medium of exchange. I hold it as a store of value. What I can't do with it is pay taxes. I can't use it to pay off my credit card bill each month. All countries have a legal tender currency. Cryptocurrency is not one of them. Countries can outlaw currencies that are not legal tender. Reuters reported last week that government officials in India are seeking to pass legislation to ban the use of cryptocurrencies. The bill would criminalize possession, issuance, mining, trading, and transferring of cryptocurrencies. Those that hold cryptocurrencies would have six months to liquidate them, at which point there would be penalties levied against the holders of cryptocurrency in India. In the United States, in 1933, the federal government banned the ownership of gold coins by households and businesses. It was the Executive Order 6102 from April 5th, 1933. It was followed up by the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. It was illegal to hold gold coins. You had to turn them in. Cryptocurrencies and dollars are similar in that they can be used as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, or a store of value. But the biggest difference with other forms of money, gold, cryptocurrency, is they are not legal tender. The other difference is legal tender is currency, whereas gold and cryptocurrency are property. The IRS says for federal tax purposes, virtual currency is treated as property, which means even though I paid for the watch with Bitcoin, I have to track the value of Bitcoin that was used for the payment and then track, well, what did I buy that Bitcoin for? using the legal tender of dollar when I converted dollars into Bitcoin. Then I have to pay long-term capital gains tax on that cryptocurrency sale and purchase of the watch. Those are two differences then. Cryptocurrency and gold are not legal tender and they're property. The third difference then is how slow the transaction took. It took 15 minutes for the transaction to be verified and added to the blockchain so that Oliver Smith, jeweler, felt comfortable that it had gone through. Having a currency designated as legal tender creates some demand for that currency. It's one of the principles of modern monetary theory, that the demand to pay taxes gives currency that is legal tender some of its value. That's why Oliver Smith, jeweler, will probably take that bitcoin and convert it to dollars because they do their accounting in dollars, and they have to pay taxes in dollars. There's another difference between property and currency that serves as legal tender, particularly given the modern version of currency that we use today. There is potentially an unlimited supply of currency, whereas land and gold in cryptocurrency, there's some constraints on that supply. In the case of cryptocurrency, there's an algorithmic constraint. There are 18.7 million Bitcoin currently outstanding. That's up about 2% from a year ago. And about 20% of those Bitcoins are lost. Individuals have lost their private key and they can't, or they threw out the hard drive where the Bitcoin was stored. We can look at the value of Bitcoin in dollars, but there are 18.7 million Bitcoin outstanding. They're fungible. And at an exchange rate of $55,000, the total value of Bitcoin Outstanding in U.S. dollars is is about $1 trillion. So about a 2% increase in the amount of Bitcoin Outstanding. The amount of U.S. currency in circulation, just the notes and coins, there's $2.1 trillion worth. It's increased 15% in the past year, just the notes and bills. But that's just one aspect of legal tender. What about checking accounts, savings accounts, money market funds, like we discussed just a few weeks ago in episode 333? Those are also money. We combine currency, checking, savings accounts, money market funds. They are known as M2. It's a monetary aggregate. The value of that as of January 2021 is about $19.4 trillion compared with the overall value of Bitcoin of $1 trillion. M2 has increased 26% since the beginning of the pandemic. $4 trillion increase. Now, in in an ideal world, the amount of money the economy needs has to keep up with the supply of goods and services available for sale because it facilitates transactions and liquidity. If there's not enough money, if there's a shortage of money, that can put downward pressure on prices. Lead to deflation as households and businesses will will hoard their money because there's just not enough circulating. There needs to be money flowing through the economy. Between 1980 and 2010, the amount of M2 currency, checking, savings, money market funds as a percent of U.S. gross domestic product, the monetary value of output in goods and services, was between 0.46% and 0.58%. Sometimes it would go up and down, but generally just in that amount. And that facilitated transactions. But then it started to increase and has increased. It was 0.7% at the end of 2019. And now it's close to 0.9%. There is more money out there as a percent of the economy than we've had, than we've ever had. It's increased by $4 trillion since the beginning of the pandemic. How is that? Most money is created by banks when they make loans. When a bank makes a loan, it electronically creates a deposit that is put in the borrower's account. It's offset by a loan receivable that the bank puts on its balance sheet. If we look at the growth in bank loans over the past year, they've only increased about $300 billion. There's about $10.4 trillion of bank loans outstanding. Yet the money supply has increased by $4 trillion. U.S. currency in circulation, just the notes and bills, is up about $300 billion. So between bank loans and currency, that's about $600 billion of the $4 trillion increase. Something else is going on here. I suspect you can imagine what it is. From September 2019 through January 2020, the U.S. ran a federal budget deficit of $3.8 trillion. That is the amount of money that it spent above what was taken in in tax revenue. Typically, the Treasury has to sell debt, government bonds to the public to fill that accounting gap, that hole. Investors take their non-interest-bearing money dollars and converts it to an interest-bearing asset, the treasury bond. When that happens, the budget deficit doesn't increase the money supply, because the government is spending, creating new money, at the same time, it's selling government bonds, sucking up that money as currency is converted into treasury bonds. But not in the past year, the central bank. The Federal Reserve can create money out of thin air because the Federal Reserve notes are what money is. The Federal Reserve's assets on its balance sheet have increased by almost $4 trillion since September 2019. Its holdings of U.S. Treasuries have increased by $2.8 trillion. What is happening is the U.S. government running a deficit, it is selling Treasury bonds, And the Federal Reserve is buying those bonds with money it creates. That money is going to the checking accounts of those who sold the bonds. And so the overall money supply is increasing because the Federal Reserve is creating it and using it to buy treasury bonds. So the normal function of having the government spend on a deficit, the deficit doesn't create additional spending power because the private sector buys the bonds that the government issues. So there isn't the jump in the money supply like M2, the checking savings money market accounts. Before we continue, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. Sometimes it's just nice to sit back, relax, maybe even take a nap. That's not what you want your money to be doing. You want it to be working hard for you, earning interest, generating returns. That's where the Betterment Automated Investing and Savings app can help. Betterment's technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize returns. They have diversified portfolios of low-cost ETFs that have been constructed by experts, high-yield cash accounts where your money can earn 11 times the national average, and automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. These tools can help you reach your savings and investing goals. Betterment is a fiduciary. That means it's their job to act in your best interest. They will never recommend an investment or give you guidance unless they believe it will help you reach your financial goals. So visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about the high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, cash reserves offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I know in our business, having the right candidates for the job is critical to keep our business running smoothly. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com david. That's linkedin.com slash david to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What would happen if this continued? If central banks coordinated with governments to purchase all the government bonds that were issued so that the money supply continued to increase the amount of money flowing through the economy? What would happen is the value of property, stocks, gold, land, cryptocurrency, as price in dollars, would increase. There would be a greater demand to hold property. The prices would go up. We call that inflation. That's what would happen if a central bank just always monetized the government's debt, just bought the bonds or didn't even issue bonds, just put money in the government's account. The U.S. government has an account at the Federal Reserve, they adjusted the laws a little bit. It could just put the money there that would increase the amount of money flowing through the economy. We've seen it increase by 20%. And the private sector would react to that by valuing real things more, physical things, property. Now, despite the $4 trillion increase in the amount of money, inflation expectations haven't increased that much. Right now, if we look at What's priced into Treasury Inflation Protection Security? is about 2.5% expectation for inflation on an annual basis over the next five years. For the five years after that, the expectation is about 2.1%. There's not been a lot of concern yet. We've seen interest rates go up some this year, but they're by no means pricing in a major inflation. There's been talk about yield curve control, where a central bank will dictate what the interest rate is on government. Issue debt. Central banks have that power. They can buy as many bonds as they want. The government could dictate how much interest it's willing to pay on its government bonds. But what the government and central banks can't do is control private sector preferences, the willingness of the private sector to hold real property instead of money. The more the private sector wants real things, the more the prices increase relative to the legal tender. There's less demand for the money, more for real things. Prices go up. That's inflation. Now, not all government spending is bad, and I'm not saying the stimulus wasn't needed. The Biden administration is looking at a $3 trillion infrastructure plan. Infrastructure spending potentially could increase the productive capacity of the country. Just like if we invest in ourselves through education, our ability to earn income can be increased. If a government invests in areas that increase the ability of the private sector to produce goods and services, then the economy increases, the money supply increases, but we keep that balance between the amount of money and the amount of goods and services. We can't have too much money and we can't have too little money. And one of the roles of central banks is to make sure there's not too little or too much. After the Open Market Committee for the Federal Reserve last week, Fed Chair Jerome Powell shared his thoughts. There doesn't appear to be too much concern regarding inflation right now. We'll see what happens. As investors, we should favor owning physical things. Property which would include real estate and land, but it can also include stocks, which are companies that own property, invest in projects, make things, grow their earnings. That's why stocks are such a great investment, because you own a percent of a company that is doing real things in the real world, producing, innovating, and those cash flows grow over time. If you own rental real estate, the cash flows can grow over time because as inflation increases, the property holder can raise the rent. We discussed farmland last, last week. If inflation rises, there's a greater demand for commodities, that will lead to an increase in farmland. Gold, collectibles, they're real. Their value can go up because there's less of it compared to the rate that the money supply is increasing, especially if central banks are allowing the money supply to increase because they're buying up the government bonds instead of the private sector buying the government bonds. Cryptocurrencies are somewhere in between. They are scarce, but they are useless digits also, and they heavily rely on trust. They certainly have done well relative to to dollars, there's been the demand there. Our conversation last week on non-fungible tokens, NFTs, there is not necessarily the scarcity there. They're not real. They're not physical. We don't know whether there will be a great inflation. The bond market's not pricing it in. We don't know what happens going out two, three, four years once we get over this pandemic. But prudent investors will own real things, physical things, in case the demand for a given country's money is reduced. In the last year, we've seen it in Turkey. We've seen it in Lebanon. The value of the currency has fallen relative to other currencies and relative to real things. Which is why inflation has spiked in those countries. Own real things. And have real interactions. One of the things that has been such a travesty about this pandemic is our opportunity to interact with others physically, see them without a mask on. We need physical interaction as humans, it's what allows us to thrive, to be able to travel, to go places, to have empathy for people, to relate to them. We should favor speaking over texting, focus on physical rather than the digital, in-person events, focusing on the physical, real things, real interactions. I had a new Plus member write me to say that his understanding of how I thought about listeners to the show, members of Money for the Restless was Plus, was changed when I mentioned When we were stranded in Texas, that I had my son look to see if we had any plus members we could call or contact that could potentially help LaPrel and I get back to our hotel when we were stranded on the side of the road. You're a real person. I appreciate you listening to my show. It's delivered via voice digitally, but in my mind, you're real, which is why I love to do meetups and hope to do them again in the future. But the bottom line is money legal tender is growing quickly it's growing faster than the overall rate of economic growth there's more of it outstanding because of central bank policies quantitative easing the purchasing of bonds creating more money it's showing up in the numbers it's not showing up in actual inflation yet because what happens is if there's too much money you eventually get capacity constraints which pushes up prices. You get behavior changes. The story of money changes. The narrative changes. People start to worry about inflation. They start to act like inflation is around. They demand higher wages. They want to own physical things rather than the money, and that pushes up prices of those physical things. Inflation increases. I monitor it every single month on money for the rest of us plus, and I own real Things to protect against it without feeling overly worried about it, like the currency is going to crash. Just recognize this is how it works. That's why I do so many episodes kind of along these lines, because one, it helps me to remember the principles, to get better at explaining them, to be familiar with them, to know this is how money works. Thanks for listening to the show. This is episode 336. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you'd like to learn more about investing, I have two ways I can help with that. First, you can sign up for my weekly Insider's Guide email list, and I'll email you the links and show notes to that week's episode, an essay on money, investing, and the economy. And if you sign up for the Insider's Guide email list, you'll get a free investment guide, 10 Questions to Master Successful Investing, a summary of the key points of my book by the same name. You can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. If you would like additional guidance on building out an institutional quality investment portfolio, managing your assets as you save and invest in retirement, you can get that help and guidance by becoming a member of Money for the Rest of Us Plus. It's where you can access professional-grade portfolio tools, training, and a community to manage your investments like a professional. These are the same tools I use to manage my investments, to monitor risk, to estimate expected returns for different asset classes. Plus, membership includes model portfolio examples to help jumpstart your investing and much, much more. You can learn more at MoneyForTheRestOfUs.com. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your specific Risk situation, I've not provided investment advice. This is simply general education on money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week.